Hi, everyone. Welcome to Civil Offense. My name is Ahmed Mali. I'm hosting today with Michael Johnson, who's running for the 22nd Senate District in the state of Florida, running against incumbent Senator Joe Gruters. Mike, how are you? Hey, doing great. Now that I'm on the phone with you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, definitely. I uh, got to know you because you actually came into the senator's office during session. I was actually an intern for him at the time, and you came up with your seminal REC, right? And um, you guys were pushing for the senator to take action on certain things. You were telling him, look, you know, we need you to be working or else we're going to have to run a campaign, you know, to do something about this. And I specifically remember you were saying you were ready to financially back a primary uh, opponent. So I'd like to know more so, you know, what are the issue or issues at the time that really told you that you had to run this campaign against him? Um, Actually, it was a few things, you know, I mean, he was nonchalant about doing anything to help the governor out. And, um, so, you know, we had like election security stuff, you know, the tech media, you know, banning censorship laws, parental rights things. Um, and then there was things about, you know, cleaning up the corruption within the RPOF over there across, you know, the way right there in Tallahassee there. And he basically, he's like, wrote, it wrote us off and didn't really care. He was more interested in making sure we got a big picture in his office, right? You know, on the, right. on the back wall there. And uh, so, I mean, he even made the bold statement that he don't even read her emails. You know, I don't have time for emails. So it's like, okay, we got to figure this out team, you know? So we had no choice, but to run against him and, and get some better representation out of Sarasota Manatee County. Yeah. On that seal. Like he was so proud of that. He had it on his wall. He was always bragging about that. He was bragging about some of his awards that he had. And I, I mean, even recently he had this like um, on his campaign, he's doing this whole like yacht club thing. Like he, he's a, uh, out there doing this kind of like, uh, you know, stuck up stuff, but, uh, maybe more so as a far, as far as, you know, some of the things that you said he was kind of not taking action on, what was the number one thing you would say during the session that wasn't done that you said that you, uh, believe could have been done and would have most impacted freedom for Floridians? Well, the big thing that we were pushing when we first went to, into his office at the beginning of the session you know, I because each time I went up there, I had a different group of people with me. I don't know if you noticed that. The first time I came up there, I had uh, three ladies that came from Burrow Beach area in South, you know, Miami area. They came up with me, and what we were trying to do then was to kind of get them, you know, spun up to get the uh, the governor's uh, initiatives about the cleaning up the voter rolls and the election integrity. And he basically he said, "Oh, I don't think we're going to be able to do that this year. There's no support for it." Um, you know, all kinds of excuses, right? So we basically told him, well, we're going to go out the entire building and knock on every door of the committees, especially that will, you know, push a bill through for the governor. And that's what we did when we were up there. And uh, so the election integrity thing is the most important because even right now we're finding out that we sit, when we send out mailers using the elections voter rolls, they're coming back as undelivered, people move, people are deceased. And that was one of the things we were trying to get Gruters to say, hey, this is important. If you don't do this, you know, the governor has the risk of not getting, getting reelected. So we had to go with our own path. There's other groups out there in Florida, too, that were doing it concurrently with this. And um, but during the session, you know, we when we come knocking on the doors, a lot of times, you know, the Gruder wasn't there. Remember, we came in there and he was never there. Right. Remember, we handed out paperwork to, to the team, to to the staff and all that. Remember, you were there. 
Right. So, but we, we kept working throughout the halls, you know, those days come up there several times, worked in the evenings with this senior staff, you know, the house and the Senate and the work with Kathy Mears with, um, Senate president, you know, Simpson's office. So we did a lot of things behind the scene, but Gruders couldn't be found. And, uh, he was the chair for the education committee in the Senate, but I remember him saying one time that, you know, Florida wouldn't actually get, you know, universal school choice on the level of what you saw in Arizona, for example. I don't remember the exact reasoning he gave for it, but seeing as he was the chair at the time, it seemed like he was in a position to do something about that. Now, you did say you worked uh, even with people from Wilton Simpson's office. I mean, uh, I'd like to know a little bit more about that, maybe, uh, you know, like what sort of actions were you taking when you went into those offices? So you want some inside scoop? For sure. Because I, I might get people in trouble. Well, well uh, let, let me say, yeah. let, let me say, because um, b- before you mentioned that, I'm just saying like uh, you went up there with, you know, the Seminole REC and other members from there and you definitely went in and you, you went into like, you know, different, I, I assume like bureaucrats offices and like different politicians mm-hmm. offices. Right. You wanted to circumvent yeah, sort of the legislators yeah. and get into the people that were really sort right. of pulling the strings. So it's like, uh, I, I guess I would like to l- know a little bit more about that. I mean, that seems like some political activism. That's definitely good to know. It's like, you know, this, this makes you seem like well, you, you're well, actually doing something yeah, out there. It's very interesting. Exactly, because we, you know, when we first came up there the first time, when we, when you saw me probably the first time on our teams, you know, we uh, were actually trying to do, I guess, I don't know the words correct when we say lobbying, but actually encourage, right? You know, please help, you know what I'm saying, the governor with his initiatives. So we were visiting the politicians, right? You know, the people that are all elected. It was fun, you know, getting in, you know, talking to them and everything and doing the best we could to get them involved, right? But then we realized that, you know, when we started, you know, seeing some of the staff people nonchalantly in the first meeting, then we thought, hmm, we need to go back and actually talk to them. So what happened is that I brought another couple guys. They're experts in this election law. Um, you know the tall guy, Wes Huff, you know, had the beard, the gray beard. Okay. We, me and him and another lawyer from Naples came up there and we actually made appointments and we talked to the staff um, on the, uh, in the house with uh, Don Robottom and his two cohorts that he was actually, you know, he hired a couple of new people and we sat down for hours with him going through the laws, election laws, sentence by sentence. And, and it was very educational for the young folks that were in there that they just hired to, see, to find out what all the, the problems were in the laws. And we, and he spent a lot of time with us doing that. You know, we also work with behind the scenes with the governor's office. And at that time, I probably say it now, Everybody said we got to keep this hush hush, you know, keep it from the media, keep it from the politicians, you know, especially the Democrats, because we, we were working behind the scenes. And then we went, um, you know, to uh, talk to Kathy Mears, Mears, Mears that you, do you know her? Uh, Ka- Kathy Mears. Sounds familiar. She's the senior staff for you know, President Simpson. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it was really funny. You know, she was there. The bureaucrats were working, right? The, the paid people. So we went back during the. We went up there twice with these these guys, right? But during the Christmas holidays, when everybody went home, the politicians, that's when the staff was still working. So we started talking with them and with the governor's staff because they were actually still working. They were on the payroll. Mm. They didn't get the, you know, the opportunity to go home to their districts, right? So we started talking more about the laws. We had these guys put together proposals. They marked up all the laws, and we went through them. And it's kind of funny. The first encounters with these folks, there was a lot of pushback. You know, it's like 
because I worked federal government for many years, right? We're supposed to be the expert, not the common citizen. But they found out that our guys knew what they were talking about. I mean, they can quote the paragraph and chapter as fast as they could and faster. You know, that was why it was really pretty cool. So we we had some great dialogue, you know, great results. And then, uh, you know, you've seen the two bills come out on the Senate side and the House side that were sponsored, you know, by uh, Hudson and Perez. And uh, where was Gruder's? Nowhere to be found. And I got a lot of inside information about the other teams that have been up there about, you know, about what recruiters is really about, you know, about not really for election reform and things like that. He's he's a fake Republican. I'll say it just like that publicly into his face even. Okay, Uh, so maybe going more on to your uh, campaign and your um, priorities, I saw on your website that you talked about fighting the drug epidemic and reducing gun violence. do you have any sort of uh, physical, like, uh, I guess, rigid plan for that? Uh, right now, we um, there's that, those are big two. There's two subjects right there. Right. But in the hand, in some aspects are hand in hand. Right. The drug violence and the, and the weapon, you know, the well, drugs and violence go hand in hand. You know, the cartels and gang wars and things like that. You know, I mean, that's that's happening in every city. And uh, and, and recently um, in Siesta Key. You know where that's at, right? In Sarasota there? Yeah. There was a big gang shootout on that island a couple weeks ago. And it had to do with uh, gangs fighting over territory. Believe it or not, in, in on Siesta Key, one of the top vacation beaches in the, in the world, you know, that was going on. So, you know, we got to address that um, with um, with the immigration. And um, I'm not, I'm, I'm a First Amendment person, right? I mean, I'm, I, I believe in the First Amendment, you know, the our rights should not be infringed, you know, right to bear arms, right? But the violence part of it is a different mentality. And that's what we, I was talking to different people about how we start in the schools with the kids and the ones that are getting bullied, how they can be, um, you know, mentored, you know, big brother, big sister, you know, mm-hmm. type of programs that are set up, you know, where people actually take, you know, real interest in a child that's not, you know, getting along with everybody else and is bullied. Um, but on the gun part of it, um, that's totally separate because violence and guns are a separate issue, in my opinion. Yeah, and uh, it seems like people like Gruders, uh, from my experience, can't actually separate that. Because speaking on constitutional carry, for example, he was actually pressed at some sort of event where it was actually reported that he was saying, well, he does support it, but he wants to carve out parts for tourism to make sure that it's not affected by that if people you know, can keep and bear arms, like if they can open carry or concealed carry, wherever. Um, I actually asked about that afterward to his le- one of his legislative assistants, and I was told that actually he doesn't even believe in that. He just said, because he was pressed on it, that he does believe in it. And so I don't think he's someone that can separate that sort of thing, where he can say, oh, well, actually, if people do have the right to keep and bear arms, it's not, you know, what we want to do to end gun violence, for example. Obviously, the Republican uh, legislature didn't understand that, or at least they claimed to not understand that in 2018, uh, when they put limitations mm-hmm. on those rights, on... Uh, that age restriction, they banned uh, the bump stock ban, uh, the, the risk protection orders, a.k.a. red flag laws. Uh, so obviously, uh, you know, either they're going for our rights or, I mean, they're going for our rights. It's it's really no in-between. I mean, it doesn't matter what their intent is in right. their mind. It's not really about ending gun violence. It's about going for us. Well, to me, I'm a constitutionalist, as written, period. And none of it should be changed except 
by amendment process, right? There's the, if people want to change the wording of the Constitution or be in, reinterpret a different way, then they have to go to the amendment process. You know, just like giving the women the right to vote. You know, they, if they want to infringe on the right to bear arms, then they need to go to amendment process. But what's happening, politicians like Gruders and them and, and Simpson, you know, they, they just chip away a little bit at a time where we get used to the first chip and we ignore it. Then we'll put another chip against the Constitution and ignore that one, too. Before you know it, we lose it all. You know, and 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 I'm, I'm hoping when I get elected that we get enough people together to kind of re send that law, the red flag law, and redo it so where it's addresses just pure violence and not and stay, keep, keep the weaponry out of it. You know, I mean, there's countries in the world that don't have the right to bear arms, right? But they're still killing each other through other methods and means, you know? So the the, the violence part and the, and the weaponry part of it needs to be separated because the right to bear arms was to protect ourselves from tyrannical governments including maybe arms that the wrong people got in charge. Like I feel like they have now that they, you know, we're, we've been taken over by a, a, a bunch of thugs and weirdos in our government nowadays. And we don't know what's going to happen. That was the intent of the constitution, you know, the right to bear arms because it was a mainly position against the British, you know, when they were coming into the colonies, you know, the colonists homes, you know, and taking their food and everything else. Right. So that was the whole purpose of that amendment was to, you know, to protect us, you know, from people that would threaten our way of life and our freedoms. Yeah. Uh, so, and then going on the drug issue. So actually last session that uh, the state had, like the main session. Uh, so I, I witnessed as there were Democratic candidate or um, sorry, members who put forward an amendment in this drug bill. I don't remember the exact uh, name of it, but they put in the legalization of fentanyl testing strips which essentially it was for people who are using drugs to be able to test it to see if there's fentanyl in it so that they don't overdose when they use it because people are obviously going to do it anyway. Uh, but the Republicans shot it down. I just wondered uh, what your thoughts were on something like that. I don't know why. The, why would a Republican shoot it down? That's a good question. You know, anything that would have cautionary, you know, warnings to do not do something for the you know bad was is probably a good thing so i don't understand that right. at all yeah and i i really think it's crazy that they're the ones who more so talk about all the fentanyl coming in down from you know the border and they talk about the cartels bringing in fentanyl and putting it in the drugs and then they don't pass something like this it it, it just really shows you know a hypocrisy in what they say mm-hmm. right and so Getting into that, you know, as far as deceptive politicians, once standard politicians get in office, they often capitulate to the whims of leadership, as you know. Uh, they begin siding with special interests and they dismiss their constituents. So are you confident that you're going to keep true to these campaign promises? And if so, what can you tell people to assure them that uh, this is the case? Well, I had, I had to keep quiet for everything I have done for the past 36 years. With, when I worked for the federal government, and 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 I, I stayed true blue what I believed in, and I'm I'm not I I I've seen what you just described. I've seen um, there's a politician here in uh, Seminole County. His name is David Smith. He came in as an outsider, and now he's getting money poured on him by the PACs up there, the political PACs, you know, for the party, Republican Party. It's not just the uh, other PACs. Or the, that are out there that are, you know, throwing away money. 
but the but the actual political parties themselves, Democrat and Republicans, came together to, to, to enrich themselves in their coffers. And then when people like me take them on, um, then they throw the money out there to try to keep us from, you know, getting them, you know, thrown out of office. So the the Dave Smith guy, you know, he ran on, you know, grassroots, con, you know, conservative local values. But now he's part of the uh, we call it the cabal, the Republican cabal in Tallahassee there. You know, so now he's taking the money. And then one one of the meetings recently, someone asked him about what, what we're going to do about taking away PACs. Oh, no, we won't touch the PACs. You know why? Because now we we just looked at his um, financials last night. We kind of look at everybody about what money they're getting and where they're getting it from. He's got three hundred fifty some thousand dollars in his in his uh, finance bucket there for a job that only pays like twenty six thousand dollars a year. You know, and I tell people, you know, I'm I'm retired. You know, I live off annuities, you know. And um, I don't need the money, and it's not for me to go up there and make money. And I'm in, and I tell people too, if any PACs want to take money from me, I say donate it to the charity of your cause in the name of your PAC. You know, I mean, I don't want the money. I don't need the money. All the powerful lobbyists—they're not powerful. They're anybody takes money from them makes them powerful. If you don't take money from them, they have no power whatsoever. And if you don't vote the way they, they want to, you take away their power too. If they're not powerful. That's another. BS way of uh, saying, oh, yeah, the, the lobbyists have power. That's because you guys give it to them. I'm not going to give it to them. You know, I, I'm going up there for principles. Uh, when I when I when you saw me up there, you know, we were up there fighting for the languages and the bills. I don't we weren't doing anything else. And that's why I I intend to be that way. And I'm and I'm going to do it one time. And that's it. Then I then I want your generation. I met you guys to start running. You know what I'm saying? Because I love it when when I see Young folks your age running for office, I love it, and that's my my claim to fame. Because when I was in the government, I actually encouraged who when I seen great people to get promoted, to get them promoted. I remember I had a thirty year old young man that became a GS fifteen because I pushed him to the top because I believed in him, and and that's what I want to do with the with the future. You know, make a you know get people inspired to run like you to office someday, and try try to do what I can to, to get rid of all the you know, the, this corruption and the lobbying no, dollars and because I don't need no money to, to have me, you know, do the right thing. You know, if we it's like down in the events that we attended down there over the past few weeks in Sarasota, Manatee County, you know, my my role as, is a representative of that area right? and uh, to bring things forward from that those counties to the state. And if we need to, we'll apply them throughout the state. But if not, we can get local things passed that affect just the counties that I'm representing. Right. I don't need no money, you know, to get, you know, to to me, you know, get it back into office again. So I won't be taking any PAC money, period. And if we we be, we develop a graph, and you could see it easy on the website where the donors come from. You know that lot, most of Gruer's money came before, right before the session, and and it, if you, it picks up right with all, and we color code the money came mostly for PACs and for corporations, you know, like Universal Studios. You know, for example, uh, the state employees uh, union, you know, so then during after the session's over, then there's a few dollars sprinkle in during the year. And for the next session, you know, time frame when I saw you, the, the donors started pouring in again, the packs, and they're all stationed out of Tallahassee or California or New York or whatever, the United States, right? So that money that he put in his coffers is actually what's being used against me to take out ads 
and flyers and put up the big signs he has all over Sarasota. He spent about $16,000 in big signs that are all over Sarasota, you know, and he got that money from PACS. The, the money wasn't used to in, influence our bills for me and you. It was for the campaign against people like me. That needs to stop, you know, and I'm not going to do it. That's one of the things that I, we talked about all the years of my life about corruption and politics, the big money payoffs and stuff. You know, it's about playing, pay, pay for play. And I, we didn't do that up there in Tallahassee. When we came in, we didn't give Gruters a dime. You know, you know, if that's what you need to make make a bill for someone, then you're corrupt and you're disgusting. Okay, so one thing that you probably know about better than me was that after the session, um, there was the whole DeSantis going after Disney. I don't know exactly how Gruters voted on that. But during the session, what I do know is that he proposed an amendment that would have taken out the state's anthem and replaced it with It's a Small World from Disney. And I assume that was, you know, obviously he was paid to do that. Most of his bills were from someone else, not even him. So maybe you have some sort of insight on that, or maybe you just have some sort of comment on that event. Government's getting involved in this. I'm... The, you know, the personal wake, workings of the business is, shouldn't be allowed, period. You know, mm-hmm. the constitutions of the United mm-hmm. States and, you know, constitution of Florida, the, the, the commerce clauses actually was the benefit of business as a whole, you know, not to favor or target, you know, a specific business. So I'm not really a big fan of what, what's going on there at all, you know, to be honest with you. Yeah. For sure. And I, I mean, either way they're voting on it, I'm sure there are politicians taking some sort of money from these corporations anyway, because obviously Gruters was taking money for that. Uh, there was another, uh, I believe she's a representative, Mariano. Uh, she was taking money because she voted against the parental rights and education bill from some corporation. So, I, you know, uh, either way, uh, they target them anyway. You know, there's so many inner workings that we're not you know, privy to. So obviously it's hard to make assumptions on what's actually going on back there. But one thing related to that is that your legislative priorities include eliminating redundant state agencies, limiting payouts to politicians and campaign finance reform. So can you expand upon this plan for taking on the bureaucracy and special interests that pull the levers of the state? Um, yeah, that's, it's going to be a big job, you know, cause I, I know that if with the, the big click, They'll just put you in the basement. I mean, they do that when Congress, you know, the people that, you know, are like rogue and don't run with the, uh, you know, the, the ballroom crowd. And the same thing right. happens in Tallahassee. Right. You know, so I, a lot of my um, tactics are going to be kind of like rebuild while and, and after I when I'm, you know what I'm saying, dealing with people, you mm-hmm. know, behind the scenes with that kind of, mm-hmm. you know, legislation and attempts to get it. You know, exposing people and, and and educating people. I mean, when we did the uh, uh, the layout of the donors and how they came in and, and donated to Gruder's campaign the last week or so, you know, we revealed that to a lot of people. We made hand, we made handouts. People were going, oh my God, they didn't know, they don't know that they, no one's actually gone out there and publicized how all the inside workings work with these politicians and the payoffs they're getting behind the scenes. You know, you go. Um, I think it's Hayes Street right there across from the Capitol, you know, the north side there, you know, the restaurants there. You go in there uh, before the session starts and you'll see the politician with different people. And and that's where money handouts are taken. I witnessed it. 
acknowledged it. You know what I'm saying? With the politicians, hey, what'd you, what, what, what were you doing with that pretty blonde there? Oh, that's the president of XXXX, right? You know, yeah. I won't name their names because I still know who they are. But, the, you know, the, that kind of stuff goes on. But the general public has not gotten that movie yet. Not yet. You know? And guys like you, I would love to see you guys go up and do documentaries on how that system works up there because it's totally corrupt the way they're mm-hmm. collecting money. Right. I mean, who in their right mind would spend you know, million dollars to run for a seat that pays $26,000 a year. I mean, it's ridiculous, but it, but it, what it is all about is about all the money trading hands behind the scenes, you know, on Monroe mm-hmm. street, Hayes street, you know, East street up there by the loft, you know, I mean, you could do, I guys, you know, the governor's club right there by the Capitol, right. the politicians of both parties, you know, come and go. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of joking around with one of them. I said, you know what, I should just park a camera here. And watch you guys 24 hours a day to see what shenanigans go on in this building here. And then when you guys go in and out together, you know what I'm saying? Because it would make a good movie of that. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. it is. But a lot of people I, don't know what's going on. Right. And down the street, I mean, you just look at it. I mean, they do have to keep them a certain distance away. But there's just lines of lobbyist buildings. If you look just down the street, I mean, it's right across. Uh, it's like, you know, they're, they're up and down next to the restaurants, you know, right there. It's, it's mainly about money. There's very few, uh, there's very few um, activities going on those buildings that actually write the bills because you and I see the bills, right? I mean, we, we, our teams over here, Grassroots for America, that, you know, we put together legislative teams and we scrutinize all the bills, all 2,000 of them last session, you know, reading the verbiage of them and stuff like that, right? But, you know, the senior staff there are the ones that are the experts that put these things together. And, uh, and then the, the, um, some of the organizations that are trying to do good things for the, you know, for the state, but what happens, these lobbyists, I'm, I'm really focusing mainly on the political lobbyists, remember, remember, because some, a lot of, some of the groups are great people, you know what I'm saying? They're trying to do great causes for us. Right. You know, and um, I'm not attacking those kind of people and, and, but they don't need to be paying money, you know, to politicians to get their goals done. It should be a, it, the politicians should be empathetic to their causes you know, and be willing to fight for the causes that affect human humankind, you know, not get payoffs and stuff. But I'm really focused mainly on the political parties and, and I'm focusing on the Republican Party, you know, because they're, it's a dirty it's a dirty operation. RPOF is a dirty operation. I'll say it in front of all those guys, you know, because and that's one of the main reasons I'm running, too, is to stop that corruption and the payoffs that are going on behind the scenes. It's going to be tough. But I think if we expose it to the general public and get it out there you know, make stories, document some kind of, you know, some of the goings on, I think it would really make people rethink and stuff like that, you know. Do you see a problem in the way this uh, whole system is structured? Because the whole thing is they have pledge cards that they want people to sign for the next Speaker of the House, the next President of the Senate, and those people are the ones fundraising for the party. And then once they get in, they're able to decide, you know, up to where the other members park, you know, where they sit, what committees they're on. They structure this whole, like, you know, which bills are passed, which bills are put in, which bills are even heard, which bills get to the floor. I mean, there's so much, uh, you know, going on there that is it's set up to so that they can coordinate it the way you know special interests want them to do you see an issue with that the way it's set up uh you look at the part of the on behalf of the incumbents you know like rooters and others like um simpson and uh, lady she's going to be the next uh florida senate president uh pasadino 
uh, Passano. She's actually the president and the, and the director of the current um, Republican Senate committee that's funding the money that's sitting out to, to, to help the incumbents. You know, I mean, Joe Brewer's got tens of thousands of dollars in that committee to run against me. Mm-hmm. And she's, she's going to be the next president of the Senate. Right. You know, you're right. You know, it's a money game. You know, you raise money for me, then you get the position of, you know, the, of, the, of the power in the Senate or the House. Because on the House side, they have the similar thing. It's called the Republican, you know, um, House uh, Committee. And this designed to pay. If you look at the flyers that people are getting, I tell everybody, look at the postmark on the flyer you're getting. It says Tallahassee. See that, folks? Joe Guru gets on me because I moved. I moved from Seminole to Sarasota. But look, your your literature is coming from Tallahassee. It's not coming from Joe Joe Guru's home. It's right. coming from these big boys up in Tallahassee that are squandering our money. And when that money, those millions of dollars, can be used on other things that are human, you know, that that help humanity. But anyway, I can go on about that one. <laughs> So I assume, you know, obviously taking on this whole, you know, political elite, this isn't something that's done alone. I would assume there's some sort of, you know, allegiances you would have to form. So I I do see that there's a lot of demand for the more populist candidates in this year's elections, you know, not only in Florida, but nationwide. Do you see yourself coalitioning mainly with these sort of populist candidates? Yep. Yeah, there's quite a few of them out there. And I hope some of the guys that that have contacted me, you know, that you gave my name to, and I, I'm hoping they win. You know, there's, there are uh, folks that are taking on these incumbents and uh, I'm, I'm hoping they're winning. A lot of them don't have the money, you know, that are running, you know, like Denali, uh, she's running against Broders here. She has very little money, but we're trying to make sure that, you know, the people are aware. We got, you know, people, there's people calling me all over the state. I just had a call from someone from New York and from Tennessee you know, trying to do everything they can to make sure they get Gruders out of office. Mm-hmm. I mean, is because his impact is impacting the fight uh, that's going on with the election integrity around the country because he's messing it up. You know, he's that, and these these different gentlemen, you know, was talking to me about ideas to do on our next. You know, we're doing robocalls now and uh, text messages. We got television ads are coming out starting today. You know, over there, in, you know, in um, the um, well, I, the radio stations are in different locations, but uh, broadcast in the Sarasota, Manatee County area. Those ads are coming out now, but they're encouraging me to run against the guy and keep keep going and give me give me talking points. I was really surprised that they're calling me, you know, from out of state. I didn't realize that they were that this race was that important, but I guess it is. So, in short, what would you say overall your message is with all this being said? Um, we got to take back the party from the rhinos that are pretending they are patriots because people like Gruders and others, they're riding on the coattails of people like me and you that actually were running and fighting for the cause. And we're the ones that got the issues out there and got people geared up to vote. And uh, it just so happens that these people are still in charge of the Republican party. So they're riding our coattails um, for what the people in our country want. You know, the people in our country want, our freedoms to be preserved, you know, right to bear arms and be preserved, you know, that parents take, you know, charge of their children and then have a say-so in the education of their children. I, the, the corruption that's going on is actually a hindrance to all this stuff. And that's the biggest fight we have because that's the big cannons used against us is the money, you know, 
and um, and we got to solve all that stuff. So it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting year if I get elected. I'm gonna have a lot of stuff because I'm a multitask guy. You know, I mean, I work on several times, several things at one time because I'm used to it all my life. Herding cats and government agencies, having you know dozens of people in a big room before big screen TVs and kind of herding together and get them on track to do the right thing. You know, what I'm saying with our admissions. So I'm, I'm, I'm that's that's my asset to this, you know, to this cause because I'm just one person because we need you, Ahmed, and ever everybody else in this country to help us, you know, get together, get organized and do the right thing, you know, against the politicians, the career politician. I'm running against a career politician. The fact is his uh, fundraiser that he had last night was at the Sarasota Yacht Club, you know, and, you know, when he graduated from college, he got a job working for the Yacht Club, right? And then he got a, somehow he linked up with Vern Buchanan to be his staff guy, you know, worked with his office staff for nine years. And then he had a small accounting. He was a tax accountant. I guess he did people's taxes, right? He still does, you know, but um, we're, we're, we're doing everything we can, you know, to turn this around and to preserve, preserve our freedoms. And then see, it's about our cause. You know, I mean, I, I wish someone else was talking right now, you know, that about these issues instead of me, but I'm, but I'm willing to step up the plate. I'm, I'm willing to get, you know, spirits thrown at me, made fun of, you know, lies told about. But, but that's all that we have to do to, in order to make this thing work. And I, I tell you one thing, I'm, we are getting a lot of support down here in Sarasota, Manatee County. I mean, I'm, I'm shocked. People coming up to me in the middle of the crowd and saying, I voted for you. You know, whisper in my ear, you know, I voted for you. So let's plow ahead, you know what I'm saying? And I appreciate, Ahmed, that you give me this opportunity to speak to you because you're yeah, your sure. inspiration to me. You know, you're the one that made me want to run. Because you know I tell people that you call me after the session was over and chatted with me for a little bit of time. And I thought, you know, wow, do this. And we're going to. I feel very confident that we're going to make some changes here. So uh, ultimately, you know, you have the message. Now, where can people find you? Well, website and um, the, um, it's, um, you know, like Mike for Florida, you know, at proton.mi is our, our, my email. And um, it stays pretty busy, too, by the way. I do talk to a lot of people during the day and the evening. I try to take as many calls as I can and the emails. And then we have a website. Um, and I don't have that right in front of me because I got, you know, I got other people working on that for me doing that. But we do have a Michael, you know, Michael Johnson for, for Florida. You have Johnson for Florida 22.com. Is that correct? Yeah. We, we, and that, that was another thing, but the, the website was developed by a 19 year old guy that goes to Gainesville, you know, mm -hmm. this young man he volunteered to do it. If you look at the website, Jay, 19 year old kid did a fantastic knockout website for us. You know, I mean, he did a great job and um, we got the ads we're coming out with and the, stuff that's coming out soon mm -hmm. uh we we got a great team of young folks you know i'm very very proud of everybody i'll let you guys all know you know in a few days who all these folks are because we do have a lot of support around the state because um a lot of people want change to get rid of these career politicians you know when they introduced him at the tiger bay club last week he was endorsed by this group, that group is all political type endorsements, right? Political go government type agencies, government type organizations, right? Well, I don't have those and I really don't care if I get anyway, you know, endorsements from the people, the voters, you know, the ones that are living right down the street from me here. 
that's who I want. That's who I want to endorse me on election day. And, um, and using these other political offices as um, endorsements to me needs to be stopped also. You know, that's, that's, not, that's not right. You know, when the sheriff of a county, in a lot of these counties, endorse certain people, right? I know the sheriff over there, I heard that he's a great guy. Um, and, um, and I'm going to support him, make sure he gets the funding that he needs to stop all the gang wars that are going on now in that area there. Because I heard a lot of stories about what's going on behind the scenes there. And we need to, you know, put it into some of this stuff that's going on, regarding drugs and things like that that's hurting our young kids. Hey, okay. I got to go. I, I got to get stuff packed up. And I got people that want signs. So I got to hand out signs. This one guy, actually wow. first, he's got six properties throughout Sarasota. And he said he wants to sign for each property. So I got to get doing that All right. with their well, team. But I love well, talking you. to you. Man. You're, yeah. you're a hero of mine. Thank you. Well, thank you for joining me, Mike. And uh, my name is Ahmed Mali. You can find me at A-H-M-L-I-H on social media, or you can follow Civil Offense. I would suggest you do both. And remember, Civil Offense is the key to winning.